Okay. Today, my guest is Professor Asti Cholpan. I'll keep my introduction short to maximize our time with her. In the next 30 minutes or so, we'll talk about Asli as a person. Professor Cholpan is a top leader and an esteemed scholar, and finally is a mentor to many PhD students and junior faculty. For the sake of time, I'll skip many of her accomplishments and give you a very quick snapshot. Uh, her research interests uh, include corporate strategy, corporate governance, business history, especially in the evolution of large enterprises in developed and emerging economies. Uh, he's a, she's a professor of corporate strategy at Kyoto, and uh, her research has been published in uh, top journals such as Industrial and Corporate Change, Journal of Management Studies, SMJ, uh, Business History and Corporate Governance. She is a, uh, a co-editor of the Oxford Handbook of Business Groups and the Business Groups in the West, Origins, Evolution, and Resilience. And she was awarded the, if I don't butcher it, it's the Tachibana, Tachibana Prize for the Most Outstanding Female Scholar at Kyoto. She's currently the uh, Associate Editor of Asian Business and Management and Senior Editor of Management and Organization History. Thank you, Asli, for joining us. Thank you so much, Ilgas, for having me. It's really an honor to be part of this series. Thank you. Uh, Asli, first question always is about your background. Uh, what did you want to become when you were a child? Uh, thank you. Um, Actually, many different things. Um, earliest I recall is I wanted to be an architect. Then I wanted to be an interior designer. And interesting, I recall very well that I didn't want to be a doctor. And the reason is that my mother is a doctor and my father is a senior bank, uh, was a senior bank executive. And somehow my father wanted me to be a doctor. About seeing hospitals, at least in Turkey, which are quite chaotic and not so neat, and then bank executive offices, which are so beautiful and fancy. I like the ones that looked more beautiful and neat to me at the time. And uh, there was a period when I was, I think, 19 years old or so, when I wanted to work in a machinery company in Japan. But uh, because I couldn't speak the language, that never happened. And then I think it's only after my mid-20s and so on that I thought about the academia seriously and wanted to become an academic. Where did you grow up uh, in Turkey? Uh, in Izmir. Oh, yeah. In the agencies, yes. Very beautiful city. Of course. Um, and uh, do you now speak Japanese? Yes, I speak and teach in Japanese. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, something that is not on your CV that people might find interesting about you? Um, probably, you know, that... Um, you know, I like Japan a lot. I, um, you know, love that everything is quite close to perfect here uh, in terms of timing, etc. Um, people are quite um, nice, kind. So I love the atmosphere here. And I also have a half Japanese four-year-old toddler, which takes, you know, most of my time currently. Yeah, these are maybe on the more personal side, but probably people don't know. If you could do it all over again, what would be the second best career path or second best path for you? Uh, honestly, I really don't know what I can do better than I'm doing currently. Um, but I really wanted to be like my father. Um, he's really the, you know, he was really the um, role model for me. So I, I think I, I wish somehow that I also, you know, were a top executive in a company like a bank, 
you know, uh, I, I really, you know, admired him for, for all my life. So, Aslan, how did you choose academia? How did you choose within academia IB? Um, actually, I started really with engineering. So, um, in my undergrad degree, I was trained as an engineer. And then in my master's degree in the UK, I studied management. And then I came to Japan with a scholarship on engineering, actually. So um, I studied a dual degree by studying engineering and management at the same, same time. So my sort of career is a bit, um, you know, not so straightforward. Maybe some others are similar, but um, I would then label myself mostly a strategist scholar. But then I've done uh, a lot of multi-country studies, I think, you know, early on in my career probably especially so from um, the time when I was a postdoctoral fellow. Um, so um, did I answer your question enough? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Regrets in life, any regrets, uh, things that you should have or you would have done differently or you thought about doing differently? Um, in terms of academic, you know, like them, probably I wish I studied economics in my undergrad or at least graduate degree, I somehow, you know, envy the economists when I talk with them. I always feel that, you know, they are superior somehow because it's really the basis of, I think, you know, foundation of also management. So I, I wish I had a much more, you know, solid knowledge. Okay. And what did you learn from your biggest failure? Um, I don't know if I should call it a failure, but um, as I mentioned, yeah, I wanted to work in a Japanese company originally um, when I was like 20, something like that. And then I couldn't speak Japanese. Then I started my academic career here, but my Japanese wasn't enough. So I had some tough time in, you know, um, academic meetings or, you know, administrative whatever meetings. In one meeting, I remember I cried because, you know, I couldn't reply uh, as I wanted to because I couldn't grasp the question so well. So that gave me really a sort of, you know, that forced me really to understand the language. You know, if I want to excel in the setting, that I should be really, you know, native, quite native, <laughs> then, you know, I can always, you know, become better. Well, yeah. I'm curious. Uh, most people, I would assume, uh, you know, if language was a problem, they would uh, just go back to, England, they would go go back to the U.S. because uh, you're comfortable with English. Let's say, uh, how come you stuck uh, uh, in in Japan? Um, you know, I went to the U.S. for I think um, two years in total or so, and you know, I studied in the U.K. I lived in Turkey, but um, other than the language, as put aside, I really like the you know country as I mentioned uh, originally. So maybe it's because my character is like, I'm kind of a perfectionist person. So I, I, li I like the, you know, setting here that everything is, you know, there are rules, people abide by the rules. And, you know, it's okay. quite comfortable to me to live in this kind of, you know, okay. atmosphere. <laughs> so it fits my character, I think. That's why I, I didn't think that, you know, I, th I thought I'll overcome the language barrier anyway, if I stick to it, if I work hard. Okay. And what are you most proud of? 
Um, yeah, that that question I saw in the, in the list you sent, but I'm really I don't know how people answer this, but I don't think I'm really proud of anything about myself. I never think that way. I think it's for other people if they would like to be proud of me. Probably my family, you know, is proud of my, um, you know, academic career success in this, you know, sort of foreign country, Japan, and that I'm trying to raise my daughter in a in a good way. So I don't think I'm particularly proud of anything. Perfect. Thank you. So uh, let's say you're uh, traveling in Japan, you're trying to see uh, some sites uh, away from your city. You're stranded on the side of the road. There's a little village and there are locals uh, that, are, that are curious about you. They don't read um, SMJ, they don't read GIPs. Uh, so how do you explain your research to them? And how do you explain why your research is important? Yeah. Um... Probably it's not so easy job, but uh, let me try. Um, I would probably say that I'm working on a big business and on how and why companies, large companies, diversify into many, um, let's say, unrelated businesses by forming groups and how they can create or destroy value by doing that. And then linking to IB, I would probably try my best to explain the differences across countries over time. Uh, for instance, in emerging economies, diversified groups dominate the big business economy in their individual nations, while in the you know, Western nations, there has been a historical rise, decline, rise and decline kind of wave. And if I go into more detail, and I don't know if people will still listen to me, but I'll talk about the first rise really before the second end of the second industrial revolution by the 1920s. And then we said decline of these groups around the interwar period, uh, basically due to um, government uh, policies against groups, breaking the groups. And then we say um, global conglomeration drive where the you know, groups reform in the 1960s and 1970s starting with the US and then after that, after 1980s, breaking conglomerates and breaking groups basically due to, you know, changing shareholder ideology and management paths. And um, I think this is, you know, at least I'm fascinated. I don't know what the crowd will, you know, think about it, but um, I really enjoy studying big business because they are really the critical, you know, core economic players in any economy that they can create wealth you know, jobs, and but also they can become parasites through, you know, chronic capitalism and other, you know, means. So um, I think that I would say these things. Thank you. Uh, things, in your opinion, things that are omitted in IB research, things that are overlooked, understudied, uh, oh. some of the variables, contexts, or uh, things that we should be thinking more of. Okay, um, maybe rather than omitted variables, um, I'll try to answer the understudied topics that I think, and again, I'm not so sure if I'm the, you know, most fit person to answer this question, but I think probably teams outside the general strategy or strategic management teams like finance and marketing related topics related to multinationals are less studied and, you know, will bring a lot of value. I also think uh, in terms of methodology, you know, uh, currently I think uh, more, most research is quantitative, so more qualitative, and especially I think maybe coming also from a business history background, historical approaches will, will also bring a lot of value to IB, 
like the you know long-term evolution of you know, international strategies how and why they change in different nations and so on uh probably these could be some of the things that people can study more thank you so uh how does your mind work how do you come up with uh, paper ideas um, when sitting idle your mind is thinking in idle curiosity uh, how does the idea for the next paper for the next paper come um, so I don't really have idle time, honestly. Now I'm really stuck and overwhelmed with my current whatever whatever I'm doing work and the toddler very active. But uh, new ideas, I think you know they build really on each other. So um, I, I'm doing the paper and then you know I finish it, but still I feel something is not enough. So you know I want to dig more on that. So it leads to another paper, and I do different things like strategy, governance history so there are so many different things and these all sort of sometimes connect to each other for instance one thing i'm doing is now on female you know uh directors and it's not you know there's so much things to do at least in japanese setting uh, it's an understudied topic in japan and i do that for instance for governance journal okay. and then you know okay. i think about doing it more in a historical way and so on so um they interconnect and as you know, academics, we don't really stop thinking. So, <laughs> uh, do you write every day? Do you work every day? Yes, I do work every day. Yeah. Uh, on the weekends, uh, and I now cannot because of my daughter. So, um, okay. you know, I have to, you know, spend time with her. She doesn't really let me do anything. But uh, the other, you know, weekday, yes. Uh, if you could look into a crystal ball, uh, what would you say the next five to ten years of the uh, field, the big questions, the big challenges in the field would be? Mm -hmm. um, again, probably I'm not the most qualified person to answer this, but probably, as I mentioned, um, you know, increasing the scope of IB research outside, as I said, the, you know, strategic management discipline, more historical studies, and probably, you know, for the next five, 10 years, looking at the you know, grand challenges that people are you know, talking currently about how in different crises or um, different uncertain environments that we are, we are facing today will affect you know, IB, things like international supply chains and so on. So those things probably will at least occupy the research of people you know, for the short to midterm at least. Okay. Uh... When you were going through the PhD program yourself, who was your advisor? Um, so I had two advisors. One is, uh, as I said, in the engineering department, and the other person in the economics department. So I had a really, you know, in a sense, you know, um, not so common maybe a PhD life. So yeah. it's uh, Professor Shimotani, Masahiro Shimotani, who is a business historian. Uh, what was the best advice you received from him? What was the best advice I received from him? Um, probably, you know, that I don't know if it's from him or some other scholar, but um, that I shall have large perspective and uh, think and, you know, work on bigger things and don't lose time on small issues or for, you know, small people on that matter. So always try to have, you know, a large perspective on things, maybe because, you know, there were historians mostly around me at the economics department. So having okay. a long-term perspective. 
and uh, when you work with PhD students yourself, uh, when you're training your PhD students, uh, what's the most common mistakes that you see your uh, the, your students make? Um, I think you know, at least you know for my own PhD students in Japan, and probably this, this may be the case in other places, but um, they get too much focused on the publishing something, and publishing becomes the real end, the goal. And I, I tell them that you know um, they should try to engage in the questions, think of you know big, bigger questions and questions that they feel passionate about, uh, passionate about which will bring some value to the society, the companies, and those should be the goals. And then publication should be the mean to you know, reach that goal. And if it goes otherwise, sometimes they get into questions which are sort of <laughs> meaningless, but they think they can publish it. And I think you know, they, people, young scholars, and maybe we all of us should you know, have a different... Sure. Uh, how is the process working in Japan? Um, do they work uh, on their own and they just uh, publish in any journal that will accept the paper or uh, do they target AMR, AMGs, MJ, Egypt, uh, something specific? Uh, how is the process for them? Uh, for the PhD students, we don't really you know, tell them which journals they will publish. So it's, there is no like you know, target journal, hmm. uh, but it really depends on the students. So if students want to go say international job markets, they of course target the you know top mm -hmm. international journals. Uh, like I have an amazing student and he'll be happy to hear this when he probably watches this. So he's in the, he's doing a master's degree first year and he just published this paper in the Journal of Corporate Finance, which I'm so proud. That's good. Yeah, uh, so uh, it depends. And there are some students who prefer Japanese you know, language journals, which is totally fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, as for the sake of time, uh, what's the question that I should have asked you, but Evans? Um, I, I, I think we talked about this briefly in the beginning, but I think, you know, um, you probably asked everything. And uh, if you, you know, you haven't asked, I would have said that you can ask me why I chose to live in Japan. But I probably, you know, uh, mentioned about it, that I like the society. Uh, the people, kindness of the people, and the safety of the country, and academic freedom at Kyoto University. I think this is a you know, very nice university. Otherwise, I wouldn't stay here so long. Thank you. Thank you for your time. I enjoyed this conversation. I learned a lot. I'm sure the audience will agree with me. Thank you, Asta. Thank you so much, Elias. It was really a pleasure talking to you.